Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the Word of God. It's always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. We're so grateful that you're connecting with us. Once again, we are going to jump into Romans 8. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Praise God. Romans 8, uh, in verse 5, 6, and 7 here. Of course, we've been talking about the law of the mind, a series on the law of the mind. And let's go ahead and bring out a little bit of that review on this. So verse 5 of Romans 8, it just says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. In other words, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded or earthly minded, amen, is death. Okay, not good. That's the word that just means ruin or destruction. All right, but... To be spiritually minded, in other words, your mind set on things above, right, is life and peace. Praise God. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The mind that's set on uh, natural things, fleshly things, it says then it's, it's at enmity against God, which means to fight against, a war against, all right? For it is not subject uh, to the law of God or the principles of God nor indeed can be, all right? It's pretty, it's pretty kind of in your face right there. That's kind of when you start looking at that statement, it's uh, just kind of straight up right in your face because it says that it's not subject to the principles of God. In other words, when, when your mind is, is always warring against God, in other words, now God can't lead you. God can't even direct you, all right? And it says, in, and it says it uh, is not subject uh, to the law or the principles of God, nor indeed can be, nor indeed can be pretty straight up, all right, pretty straight, amen, and as you kind of study this, you start understanding why that is, right, now, again, verse 5, for those that live according to the flesh, which is going to kind of come up a little later here, but it's referring to, you know, how you conduct life, live life, walk along this thing, and it says uh, the reason that uh, they live according to the flesh is because they set their mind on the things of the flesh, Uh, the word to set means to aim the affection or attention toward, okay? It means to exercise, entertain, or interest the mind and also uses the word mindful. Jesus used that phrase. We used, looked at it in the book of Matthew. He meant a couple weeks back talking about uh, being mindful, what that means, praise God. Well, it's referring to the same thing about setting your mind. Now, the reason that's so important to define that, uh, even the scripture says in Colossians 3 and verse 2, set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth, all right? Set your mind on the higher things, the God things, the God thoughts, the God ways, instead of just earthly, natural things all the time. Again, he's not uh, negating the fact that you live on planet earth and have a life to live. He's just saying when you set your mind, when you aim all your attention always on natural things, all right, now you start living according to that. And the reason that's so important is because the law of the mind, which is something that, uh, that Paul brings out in uh, Romans 7, in verse 23, he, says, he refers to it as the law of the mind. Chapter 7, chapter 8 are talking about this warfare that goes on uh, between flesh and spirit. And he says the difference maker here is this thing called the law of the mind. In other words, attention determines direction. That's what he's bringing out in both chapter 7 and 8, all right? So in other words, where you give your attention, where you set your mind, set your attention, determines the direction. Amen. You set your mind on things above, amen, you start moving in that direction. The word says a a roadway of, of life and peace. 
You set your mind on things below, and that's where your mind is. You set your mind there. Now you begin to live according to that, literally on a road of ruin and destruction and ultimately death. There's just nothing good about it. Now, the reason this is so important is because this is the principle. This is truly the law of the mind. Attention determines direction. Now, let's go back here to verse 5 again. For those that live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those that live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Amen is what it's implying here. All right, so according to the Spirit, according to the flesh. What do these things mean, all right? According uh, to the Spirit, uh, it's talking about a God nature, um, a divine nature. It also is referring to the word uh, spirit in itself as pneuma, which refers to breath, wind, or current of air. Okay, So it's talking about if you're going to live according to the spirit, you're going to live by the breath of God, or the current of God, how God leads, the God nature, the God ways. That's what it's referring to. If you live according to the flesh, okay, it's a word that means human nature. Okay, literally what it brings out, human nature. Now, I want you to hear this. I say it every week. I'm going to do it again, and hopefully you're grabbing hold of this, all right? It's not just talking about moral depravity, okay, or corruptness or immorality. Now, you have to understand that because a lot of times when you hear the word flesh, our mind automatically goes to that. We're thinking that everything's just, if it's flesh, it's immoral. If it's flesh, uh, you know, it's corrupt, okay? That's not really what he's bringing out here, okay? Now, the reason we do go that way is because of, of references like Galatians 5. It brings out, you know, the, the works of the flesh. And then it begins to list a bunch of immoral or corrupt, uh, you know, depravity, things like that. It, bring, it begins to list things like that. So our mind automatically goes to thinking that's what he's referring to. But that's not really what he's talking about primarily in chapter 7 and 8 of Romans here. Okay, now obviously it could include that. We're not just, you know, excluding that. But we are saying primarily it's not referring to that. Primarily this word here, according to the flesh, is referring to its tendencies to lean on its own strength, its own power, and its own natural ability. So he says that when you set your mind on things of the flesh or things of this natural realm, you begin now to live according to your own abilities to accomplish whatever it is or deal with whatever you're, you're looking at. When you just live life just kind of based on your mindset down here, you, everything's about your strength, your abilities, your talents, uh, your, uh, you know, your, you know, uh, what you can do, how you can get it done. That's how you begin to live, by your own strength, all right? But if we set our mind on things above, now we're allowing God, amen, to empower you. You're, you're now setting your mind on His abilities, His strength, amen, how He does things, praise God. Now all of a sudden, the, the, you know, you're, in a, you're playing on a different field now all of a sudden. And that's why it says that leads toward life and peace, that absolute life and that peace, which is a word, again, that means wholeness or completeness, but it means to bring back at one. In other words, bring everything back to divine order. It also means uh, 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 peace in the place of chaos, all right? So in other words, all the chaos goes. But when we live down here, we live according to everything down here, you're going to be just as wrapped up in the chaos that's going on as the, as the world is. You can be just as wrapped up in all the mess down here as the world is. Even though you know the Lord 
have accepted the Lord. You're even heaven bound. I mean, we're not taken away from any of that. But man, if you've always got your mind down here, you live no different than everybody else uh, down your street that even don't know God. I mean, that didn't sound like proper English, but I think you get the point. The point is this, if we're a child of God, going to live by God and on the, in God's abilities and strength, you're going to have to set your mind, amen, as your mind goes, amen, so goes your life, amen. And, uh, you know, you, uh, your mind is going to determine what you, uh, the thoughts that you uh, primarily take in is going to de- determine where you're going to go and how you're going to live. Your most predominant thoughts determine the direction that you're going to live. And that's just how this thing works. Amen. So again, uh, we're talking about the law of the mind. We're talking about attention determines direction, praise God. How where you set your mind determines how you're going to navigate through this thing, which road you're going to get on, the road of death or the road of life and peace. Amen. This also determines, praise God, uh, uh, basically um, your, your words, your actions, your choices, your decision-making, all of it's going to be wrapped in, as we're going to find out today, just based on where you set your mind. The kind of thoughts that you bring in determine, uh, you know, how you talk. It determines how you act, as we see here in Romans 8. It determines, uh, you know, the, the choices you make, and, and you're going a God way or a flesh way. It determines uh, decision-making, just normal discernment and, and decisions and everyday matters is going to be based on where we set our our mind. It's just amazing how it affects everything, all right? So let's go to 2 Corinthians, all right? This is going to be our place today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. All right. Hallelujah. And let me read uh, a few verses here, and then we'll go, we'll go from there, all right? So here we go. All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 10 verse 3 it says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's the key, all right? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And verse 6, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. All right, a powerful little statement here that Paul's bringing out. All right, so let's, we're going to go back up to the top of this. And we're going to work our way through it. There's going to be a little bit of defining some things today. Um, that's really what we're going to do with our time uh, with you today is just begin to, to, to kind of break this text down, amen, and show you saying the same thing we've been talking the last few weeks, amen, that your attention determines your direction, all right? Here he's trying to bring out, and this is really our focus today, is that you have to take every thought captive, amen, and he's telling you that you can, all right? So he's not going to tell you to take every thought captive if you can't, all right? I know that maybe not the best of, uh, you know, as far as uh, might sound a little play on words, but the bottom line is if we're going to, you know, if he says that we can do it, we can do it, all right? Now, I'm just going to throw this in the mix. I think I might have said this somewhere along the line here in this series that if you don't take your thoughts captive, they're going to take you captive, and that's exactly what the enemy's hoping for, 
is to get you to get your mind going down some pathway by getting so locked on to everything in this natural realm and pretty soon you're caught up in it next thing you know it's dictating your every decision every move uh, every choice on and on it goes and so that's why we got to take every thought captive all right so let's take a look at this okay verse three again for though we walk in the flesh okay we do not war according to the flesh there's that same phrase that Paul used in chapter 8 of Romans, according to the flesh. He says, even though we walk in the flesh. In other words, we might live here on planet Earth. You're a human being that lives on planet Earth. You have a life that you live. You have a family, uh, work, you have school, you have all the different things. You, uh, you know, you, you have, uh, you, you eat, you, uh, you know, you get up in the morning and you take, you know, get yourself ready for work or school or whatever it is. You all have this kind of routine that you do every day. And she says, though you live in the flesh. In other words, you do conduct life here in the natural. There's no doubt about it. He's not excluding that. But he says, we don't war according to the natural or according to the flesh. In other words, even though we live in the natural, we don't war according to it. In other words, we, there is a warfare that goes on. Remember that warfare we talked about earlier? Amen. Thing of spirit and, and, and flesh here. He said, even though uh, we live in the natural, we don't war according to the natural. Amen. And this is what he's trying to bring out. For the weapons of our warfare, all right, the weapons of our warfare. In fact, I think I even kind of uh, look this up. Let me just go ahead and bring it up again. Uh, this word weapon here is a word that refers to an offensive weapon, okay? It does include armament, okay, or an instrument of, or a weapon of, uh, you know, that brings forth war, okay? So uh, it is, when he's talking about a weapon here, he's talking about, you know, uh, you know your weapon, the instrument of weapon, verse, and also including armament, okay? But but this is what I want you to catch on this. He called it an offensive weapon or, uh, you know, weaponry. So, in other words, we're supposed to be on the offense. We're not, this one here is not really referring to you being on the defense. He's talking about being on the offense, okay? And you need to catch that with this whole text because when we're talking about taking every thought captive, because this is the, primarily the theme of this, okay, he's saying that you're going to have to be on the offense, Okay, you don't just lay down and, and, you know, cover up and hope the enemy uh, doesn't beat you too bad. Okay, or you're just hiding in the uh, back room hoping the enemy don't see you or, you know, whatever, you know, or, or running to somebody else to take care of your warfare for you. He's saying, listen, you're going to have to be on the offense if this is going to work. And even though you live in the natural, we don't war according to the natural. So there's this unseen thing that's going to have to happen here, but you're going to have to take your weaponry Okay, and you're going to have to be on the offense. You're going to have to deal with some things, okay? Or this ain't going to work because the enemy is very good at what he does in trying to get you to get your mind set down here. Okay, it's going to be a fight for you to constantly keep your mind up here, all right? And he's making it very clear in this text, okay? It's a fight, okay? It's warfare, all right? But you're going to have to be on the offense, not the defense, Okay? And you have to grab hold of that. So this weaponry, okay, of our warfare, okay, uh, is not carnal. In other words, naturally things, but it's mighty in God. Amen. In other words, it's a God thing. It's a God way of doing it. It's the God principle. And this whole thing is what we're talking about. This attention determines direction is all part of your, that warfare. 
Okay, the fight is keeping your mind set on the right things. Amen. And he's bringing that out again. Now, he's also telling you how to take care of those thoughts that aren't right. Okay. He says, for pulling down strongholds. So let's begin to define some of this and what it means. Okay. So let me get back to my notes here. All right. So let's look at this. So the word pulling down here in verse, uh, the end of verse four here, okay, is a word means to demolish, okay, or demolishing or to destroy or destruction. Okay, it means literally to bring down fully or extinct, to bring it to a place of extinction. Okay, so there is nothing about this word pulling down that that appears to be lightweight here. This is pretty aggressive. Okay, in fact, you're going to find that most of these words in here are very aggressive. Okay, so he's trying to get his people to be aggressive. Okay, to be on the offense and to be aggressive to deal with this thing because it's not a lightweight thing we're talking about, okay? So even though you live here in the natural, we don't war according it. There's a way that we do this in God, but we got to stay aggressive and we got to get with it, praise God. All right, so pulling down strongholds. So demolishing, bringing down fully, destroying, bring to a place of extinction, amen, strongholds, okay? The word strongholds is a word that means a fortified place. Literally means a fortified place, castle, or house, okay? Now hang on to that, but it refers to a mindset or mindsets or patterns of thinking. So when we talk about strongholds here, this is something that's been fortified, which means that it's kind of an ongoing thing. Now, the reason this is so important is because when you came into the, the kingdom, things began to change, right? Things are different. Um, God doesn't think like the world thinks. And the people of God are not supposed to think like the world thinks. So you come into the kingdom and you had a certain way of thinking, a certain mindset, a certain pattern of thinking in different areas of your life. And all of a sudden you get saved a new creation in Christ, and it says old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And, you know, we might think, well, that's talking about naturally. No, it's talking about everything. There's even a lot of way we look at things and the way we think things and how we view things all begins to be adjusted and changed. Now, it says here, bringing down strongholds, these patterns of thinking, these mindsets, these fortified things that have been there for maybe years on end, all of a sudden now have to be addressed. Because remember, a carnal mind is enmity against God. It wars against God. So even though you're saved, you're born again, you are heaven bound. Okay, again, I'm clearing that up. That's exact. Okay, praise God. And this is who he's talking to. Born again, spirit filled, people on fire, people moving forward in God, people that are heaven bound. Amen. This is who he's talking to. All right. But he says that you can still have mindsets that are wrong. You can still have patterns of thinking that's wrong. And so he says, you're going to have to be aggressive to deal with that. And you're going to have to demolish that stuff. You're going to have to take authority over that and bring that kind of thing down. And it is sometimes a chore. That's where the warfare is, is, you know, comes into play here because it is a war. Because you're so used to thinking a, a certain way about this and about that and about this. And all of a sudden you get into the Word of God and you begin to find out that's not how God sees it. That's not how God thinks it. That's not how God views it, all right? And all of a sudden, 
You're going to have to uh, make some adjustments. You can't just let that kind of thinking continue because it wars against God. It's enmity against Him. It literally will lock you down from anything that God can do in your life. All right? That's why you have to begin to, to get aggressive and you have to be on the offense about this. All right? I hope you're hearing this, child of God. All right? So he says, pulling down strongholds, these mindsets, these patterns of thinking, all right? Casting down arguments is the next one it says, okay? To, and the word casting down, again, is very aggressive. It means to lower with violence, to bring something down violently, all right? To lower with violence, again, to demolish or to take down in order to destroy, okay? Saying kind of a similar thing to the pulling down, but here it's talking about, literally it says, again, to lower with violence, to demolish to take down in order to destroy it, all right? But then it uses the word arguments. At least in the New King James, it uses the word arguments. Some translations use the word imaginations, okay? Because in all honesty, it's kind of what it is because it's talking about thoughts, reasonings, uh, computations, to estimate, calculate. These are all kind of synonyms that fit into this, all right? Uh, so these reasonings, these thoughts, these imaginations, amen, um, uh, it's going to be actually the word imagination is going to kind of come up in another uh, message coming up here. Uh, kind of bring that a little bit more in depth. But bottom line is it's just using the mind's eye, so to speak, and how, you, how you're seeing things and viewing things. The imagination is the thing that God's given every, every human being. It's a wonderful thing when it's used right. But it's also a bad thing if it's used wrong. And a lot of times when you use the word imagination, especially, uh, you know, in the church, a lot of people, you know, because of the fact that maybe for years they use their imagination wrong, uh, you know, in a wrong way. So when you start talking about the imagination, everybody thinks it's just a negative thing, and it's really not. God designed it to work for you. And again, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. It's something that we'll talk about, uh, you know, coming up here. But uh, I just want to show you that he's talking about reasonings, these things that begin to move in your mind's eye, amen, how you begin uh, to see things. And he says sometimes those things are wrong. And he says you got to get aggressive with that. You're going to have to be on the offense again to take that kind of thing down, all right? You can't just play around with this thing, all right? If you're ever going to move forward and not have a mind that's at enmity with God, but instead, praise God, put you on the road of life and peace, getting you off the road of ruin, destruction, despair, death, okay, all that yuck, all right? Well, the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to get aggressive about some things. You're going to have to deal with some things. Sometimes we have viewpoints that are just flat wrong, all right? Now, you may say, well, so-and-so told me that, or my, I grew up and, you know, Grandma taught it and we all bought it, or, you know, Uncle Tom, he used to uh, teach this or say this or whatever, or my mom, my dad, whatever, my grandpa, what, we can go on and on. And I'm not picking on family members. I'm just saying a lot of times these mindsets, uh, these things that go before our mind's eye, how we view things, a lot of times is based on things that as we grow up, where we hear. Now, all of a sudden, you come into the kingdom, and now you're hearing a different set of thoughts. You're hearing different, uh, a different way of thinking. Uh, you know, now we're, we're having to set our mind on things above and not on things down here. So now it begins to change your mind's eye, begins to change how you see things, how you view things, begins to change how you think. Well, you're going to have to get aggressive to keep your mind set on the right thing when maybe your mind a lot of times wants to go here, go there, amen, based on 
on maybe what you grew up with or whatever. And I, I know I'm hammering on that a little bit, and I'm not picking on anybody's upbringing. That's not what we're doing here. I'm just saying there are a lot of times our mindsets need to get changed. A lot of times things in our reasonings need to be adjusted, all right, because the way we're thinking it is wrong, and that's why we got to take it captive, all right, and you got to be aggressive, and you got to stay on the offense with this thing, all right. Get, uh, you know, get in its face, so to speak, and deal with it, all right. So uh, casting down arguments, and then it goes on to say, and I'm in verse 5 again, I'm sorry. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, every high thing means that which tries to elevate itself or an elevated place, an elevated thing, or even it re- refers to an elevated barrier, okay, which is kind of uh, important, okay. But it's talking about assumptions, opinions, theories, speculating, Okay, all this kind of stuff. That's what it's, but it's the stuff that, that tries to elevate itself. It makes it real clear. God has a way of thinking, but then it, this thing comes along and tries to elevate itself above how God sees it or how God views it. And a lot of times that's what happens. We begin to theorize. We begin to, uh, you know, opinions and assumptions. Okay, we begin to, you know, these kind of reasonings begin to get, a, you know, where we start putting it above what God's saying and what you're doing now. See, you, you created a barrier and now God, see, it wars with God. And now all of a sudden can't change something in your life because you're too locked on to a different way of thinking. All right. I hope you're hearing this. All right. It happens a lot. People theorize about stuff and, and it really, it doesn't line up with the book. Sometimes you're overcomplicating something. Sometimes it's just a simple thing. God, you know, there's simplicity in Christ, and a lot of times these thoughts try to rise above that and complicate everything. And the whole time God's wanting to move in your life, wanting to get you on that road of life and peace, but you're too busy with your own theories and your own philosophies and your own uh, uh, ideologies and all that kind of stuff uh, that just does nothing but wars against uh, how God sees things or views things. And it happens. And again, we're not picking on anybody. We're not even condemning anybody. We're just saying this is part of the fight. This is part of that warfare that we have. And that's why you got to be aggressive and you got to stay on the offense and keep pushing. Amen. Keep gaining ground with this thing until these things are dealt with. Amen. Until you have a different way. Now your, your thoughts are hooking up with his thoughts. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here we go then bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought, okay, this is really, sums it up, bringing every thought into captivity, all right, which is a word that means to make captive. It means to lead away captive or to bring under control, okay? So it also means to bring under control. So bring every thought under control. You're the one now taking it captive instead of it, taking you captive. And as I said earlier, I cannot stress this enough, child of God. If you do not take your thoughts captive, they will take you captive. And pretty soon now, it is hooking you by the nose and dragging you wherever it wants to drag you. And you're going along with it. And that's exactly how this thing works. That's why you've got to be aggressive in dealing with these things Amen. To keep your mind set on things above and not on things of this earth. 
Amen. Because you think about all the decisions that you have to make, the choices you have to make. If you think about everything that you deal with in your actions, your words, and all the things, amen, that you have to do, all this is determined by where you set your mind, where you set your thoughts. And if you, if you don't take your thoughts captive, they'll take you captive. And you think about this, okay? Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue, the Scripture says. Well, if you don't take your thoughts captive, pretty soon your words are in line with what you're thinking. And all of a sudden now your words produce either life or death. Okay? And if your word, if, you're, if your mind has been taken captive, your words now are just going to aid to that. And pretty soon now everything you're saying is giving place for the enemy. It's just so much in that. Jesus said it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. It's what's coming out your mouth that defiles you. All right? And so it's just very clear, all right, that you have to take control of your mouth. Well, if your mind is always somewhere else, okay, if your mind is always on lower things, that's exactly what's going to come out your mouth. Are you hearing me, child of God? As we read in Romans 8, it's very clear. Your actions, your behaviors, everything that you do is going to be in relation to where you set your mind. So if you don't take your thoughts captive, now it's taking you captive and even your actions, your behavior is all going to line up with where your mind is. Your choices, death and life, blessing, curse. And we can go on and on about choices. In fact, I'm doing kind of a series on Sundays about, about that right now. But that's just the facts. If your mind is set on things below, you're probably not going to make the best choices. Even in your decision making, your discernment in, 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 in how you're going to do this and handle that, the little bitty things you do along the, uh, your day that you've got to make decisions about, amen, all gets affected by where your mind's set. So if you don't take your thoughts captive, they take you captive and they begin to dictate how you decide, how you choose, how you act, how you talk, and this is how it works. Oh, child of God, I hope you're hearing this. You get down here to verse 6. All right, and it says, and being ready now to punish all disobedience, being ready to punish, which means prepared to retaliate or vindicate. It means literally made fit for vengeance or revenge. Okay, that's pretty aggressive again, okay? But it says, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And all it's saying there is this, that when you made a decision, okay, I'm going to take authority and control and take captive my thoughts. What he's saying is that as you do that through the course of your day, there's going to be times you're going to catch yourself, your mind going somewhere else. You're going to find yourself on that, 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 that thought. Here it comes again. Okay, what he means now in this verse 6, he said, you've got to be ready that even in those moments, you've already said, I'm going to do this. Now you've got to stay with it. That's what it means. Verse 6 just basically means stick with it. Stay with it. And every time an ill thought comes, you deal with it. You face it off and you deal with it, praise God. Now, how do you do that? Okay, well, it's pretty simple, actually. Philippians 4 and 10, or 4 and verse 8, pardon me, uh, is, a, is a, a, one of those cool verses. But it says this in verse 8. Finally, brethren, I mean, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, it says this, meditate on these things, okay? Now, again, I'm setting the stage for, for an you know, upcoming message here, but the bottom line is the way you can combat 
the thoughts that are wrong is by taking and replacing it with right thoughts. And you're going to have to get aggressive with it. And it says here, there's other thoughts you can take. Amen. That which is true and noble and just and pure and lovely and of good report and praiseworthy. There's all kinds of things that you can set your mind on. Amen. There's things of God's word and his promises and what God has to say about things. These are things that you now meditate on those things. You begin to confront those wrong thoughts with right thoughts. Amen. I put now God's thought. Amen. So I get aggressive and I meditate on what's right. Amen. That literally means to now to lift before your mind's eye and to revolve it before your mind's eye. Amen. That's what it means to meditate. And so what you're doing now is I'm putting the right thought before me instead of this other thought. Amen. And I'm getting aggressive and I have to stay with it and keep attacking that thing. And even when those things try to slip in later, even though you've made a decision to, to choose the higher thoughts, amen, you got to stay with it. Stay on it, amen, and be, be ready to punish any kind of disobedience when you've already made that decision to do the right thing. And that's what that verse 6 is bringing out, amen. Child of God, I hope you're hearing, hearing this today. Hope you got something today. Again, next week we're going to dive a little bit deeper with this and show you this, but the bottom line is you have to take every thought captive, amen. And when you recognize that it's not a right thought, you got to get with it, you got to get aggressive, and you got to deal with it, praise God. If you don't take that thought captive, it'll take you captive. Child of God, I hope you got something. Father, I give you praise and glory. Call this people blessed. Thank you they had an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and again, for opening the eyes of our understanding, we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.